All right, everybody. Peace. Welcome to the Sorry to Bother You podcast. Wherever or however you are listening, we're so grateful to have you here with us. As you guys know, I'm your host, Kashawn Cottle. And with me today, guys, we have a very special guest. Oh, man. My amazing teammate, Zach Baines. Thank you. Thank you. Kind words. Zach, Zach, how are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling good, man. Uh, You know, it's a nice... uh, it's a nice Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. About to turn into the about to turn into the afternoon. Yeah, uh, I'm just chilling, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, glad we're here. we're so grateful to have you here with us, Zach. Appreciate it. Uh, for those who don't know about you, why don't you tell them a little about yourself? Definitely, definitely. So, my name is Zach Baines. Uh, I am 22 years old, from Stanford, Connecticut. I, I study sports management here at BU, and I also play with. Uh, Kashawn on the men's basketball team here. Yeah. Um, this is my first time on the. This is my first time here on the uh, podcast. First time podcasting ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just be like patient with me as I get into like the groove of things. But um, that's just a little brief, you know, synopsis of me. You know, synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Being very selective with the information you give. You know. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're just going to give the Cliff Notes version of yourself, not the full book. Exactly, exactly. Okay, I appreciate that. Well, not to put you on the spot, Zach, but you said this was your first time doing a podcast. Right. But this isn't your first time in the studio. Absolutely not. I got bars, man. I got <laughs> I got some good bars. Yeah, this is it's my first time podding, but not the first time on the mic. So uh, I'm used to it. Uh, I got the headphones in. Uh, it's bringing back memory, so I love it, you know. Nice, love nice. It. Well, hopefully, well, the town's going to segue over, so we have no worries about that. <laughs> Zach, we really appreciate you being here, man. We know you're going to provide a lot of insight to the topics we're going to be talking about today, and it's going to be a great show. Uh, we've got a lot in store for you guys today. We're going to be talking about some NBA analysis, some narrative we, narratives we've seen uh, going on in the NBA so far. We're going to be talking about some comparisons that have been made. Uh, throughout the NBA, and we're also going to be going through our topic of the day, which is stereotypes uh, for basketball players, both on and off the court. It's going to be a great topic. You guys definitely want to stick around and listen. And per usual, we're going to close out with our questions from the public. You guys actually brought in a lot of questions. This is the most questions we've ever had uh, since we've started the show. So we're so grateful for you guys' support, and we ask that you continue to keep it up. And with that being said, guys, it's going to be a great show. So... Zach, you ready, man? I'm ready. Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. So NBA analysis, bro. Uh, as you guys know, we're a little over a quarter of the way through the season. And there have been a lot of interesting storylines, to say the least, uh, right. so far throughout the season. And Zach, uh, we talked a little bit before the show about Kyrie Irving and how his narrative has changed drastically since he's been in the league. Yes. Starting as a rookie in Cleveland. Uh, being considered the face of the franchise. Right, right. And LeBron coming in, him being the 1A to LeBron's 1, mm-hmm. and he's seen as a player whose talents aren't being fully utilized because of LeBron. Then he goes to Boston. Uh, he, now he's seen as the leader of the team and someone who's about to come into his own, into his prime. Mm-hmm. But at the time in Boston, Wayne's along, the narrative starts to change that he's not a good leader, he's ball-dominant, things that weren't being said before. Exactly. And a lot of those negative things that were in Boston, that were said about him in Boston, are now following him to 
Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, why? What do you? Why do you think that is? Why do you think these narratives are changing so much about Kyrie Irving? Um, I don't know why it's Kyrie in general, but this is just a common theme within just just with uh, certain NBA players. And most of these players just so happen to be, you know, like top level players. Uh, they always try to find somebody and like try to make a narrative um, out of them just to, you know, just to create a story that might like attract the uh, that just might like attract like the attract the common people. So in this yeah. case, um, you know, Kyrie, all of a sudden he's a bad teammate. Some saying that he has like mental issues which you know could be true could not be true but that's not something that you should you know play with just for right like, just for, for uh, entertainment. entertainment you know so um i don't know why Kyrie, but you know like the story fits and he's not the first person um to you know receive this backlash you yeah. know it's uh it like happened with uh like kevin durant once when things started yeah. to unfold and unfolding um a uh, golden state yeah you know now you know now you know like all of a sudden uh he's not a bad team well not a bad teammate like he's a bad teammate uh all of a sudden he doesn't pair well with curry he doesn't pair well with xyz right um but when they were winning similar to how Kyrie was winning back with like braun and, and you know even with certain spurts on the um boston yeah like certain spurts in boston you know that was the same case, so yeah. I don't know, man. It's all politics at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, it is. you know, whatever attracts the media and whatever yeah. can sell. Yeah. So, do you think that because you were saying that when Kyrie was winning in Cleveland and in Boston, mm-hmm. that the narrative, the negative narrative, wasn't there? Right. So, do you think winning? kind of cures all elements when it comes to that storytelling and narrative or do you think that narrative sticks with somebody even when they're winning i think winning definitely um hides uh the negative stuff that people want to talk about about you because at the end of the day um you're getting the w you could say that and 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 you know this is not in the nba this is just like at all levels. All aspects of, like, yeah. basketball. It's just like, oh, what? well, you know, this guy this guy plays this way. Mm-hmm. You, you you might not like how a certain guy plays, but yeah. if he's getting buckets and if he's, like, getting, like, the W, mm-hmm. you can't really say too much about him because he's still getting right. the ultimate goal of the game, right. which, is, which, is, which is the win. So Exactly. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Definitely, it definitely helps him out. But once when he starts slipping, that's when people want to bring stuff back up. And, uh, okay. you know, kind of no, wanna... That definitely makes sense. I think I think all athletes have had teammates or we've all seen players in different avenues of sports that have a certain, uh, like, je ne sais quoi, or a different certain aspect to themselves that is not uh, pleasable, you know? But yeah. like you said, when they're producing on the court, it, you're shut you know your mouth is shut because they're producing right but you know you brought up an interesting point as soon as something bad happens we're quick to jump on it yeah very yeah, quick <laughs> very quick and I think it's a very good point to say that winning does cure all elements but you also brought up like an interesting point that you said it's all about storytelling 
Mm-hmm. And would it be fair to say that sports as a whole is really just entertainment? Um. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And well, it, it, it depends on what perspective you are looking at it. Now, um, if if like that's your profession, um, that's your job. So yeah. your job is to contribute towards the team yeah. um, to generate, you know, uh, success within that team. But if you are a fan you're most likely going to the games to get some type of entertainment value out of it. Yes. Um, which is what I'm learning throughout um, my course here, throughout uh, sports uh, management, mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of things that take place to get a fan's true enjoyment within the game, mm-hmm. and it's more than just a game. Um, okay. Such as, like, halftime shows. Yeah. You know, like, just, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, fan like prizes free you know like a t-shirt stuff Um, so it's more than just sports Uh, in terms of like wanting to like win and stuff like there has there's a there's a big entertainment value people watch sports because it's entertaining for sure so that makes sense so it does make sense so from the fans perspective it's purely entertainment right right but as as the athletes when we're in it this is our job this is our profession. 100%. And so, you know, with storytelling, there's always three sides. There's his side, the other person's side, and the truth. So with storytelling, you, you know, sports is entertainment, and entertainment is essentially storytelling mm-hmm. mastered. Would it be fair to say that some some narratives are formed in a false context in order to provide, in order to provide a better story to the fans? I wouldn't say a false context, but a very watered down context. Uh, They'll give you the scoops that is intriguing to the people, but not all the way. Like, they're not going to tell you, like, the full story. They're not going to tell you the full reasoning behind such and such, such, you know? Right. Um, I can't think of an example right now, but... Let's stick with the Kyrie situation. Uh, Yeah. The narrative now is that Kyrie is emotional, uh, sporadic, bipolar, quote-unquote. So that's the narrative. Mm -hmm. But like you said, they're not giving any other information. No one knows why Kyrie is like that. They're not saying why Kyrie is like that. They're just saying that he is because that fits the narrative. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, as basketball players— we there's always stuff going on off the court. Exactly. But that never gets talked about. The only thing that gets talked about is our production. Exactly. And uh, I was going to piggyback off of that. You know, we might know about the emotional stuff, but we don't know why he's emotional. We don't know what's going on in 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 his life. If there is something going on in 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 his life, that's not going to be uh, disclosed to the public because because per, personally, people aren't looking to hear about Kyrie's personal issues right to that extent it's just oh he's an emotional player oh that makes sense because he hasn't been playing well right like that's all people want to hear yeah in terms of like the gossip like you know there's the, always gossip with it but nobody wants to hear the full you know detail yeah they don't want, they don't want to know why they just want to know if something is exactly going on. so 
I guess playing devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. you know, as an athlete, as a basketball player at this level, For sure. we have to be able to leave whatever we have going on off the court, off the court, especially when we're playing basketball. We're on the court. We're focused on basketball in that moment for that amount of time. And then once we leave the court, then we can handle our personal situations. Right. But obviously that's easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. So what is the... Is there any validity to Kyrie or any player, honestly, not being able to, I guess, hide their emotions when they're on the court due to what's going on in their personal life? And is it right for the media to really attack them in that aspect? Um, for starters, the media is always going to be the media. Like That's their job. So okay. um, as long as they're not you know, crossing personal lines within that person, uh, they're going to put out whatever story that they want. Um, so that's just like the media side. Now, uh, in terms of the player, um, I don't know, man. What do you think? You know, because <laughs> it's, always, it's always easy to say, well, just, just suck it up and leave it, leave it off the court mm-hmm. when you're not going through a situation, you know? Right. So when you actually go through a situation, it's much harder to just completely detach and disassociate yourself from that situation and solely focus on basketball. Because mm-hmm. we're humans, man. Think about it. Think about if you worked a regular 9 to 5. Like, what you have going on outside of that 9 to 5, you're probably still going to be thinking about it at work. You know for what I mean? Sure. So, And the same thing with us, man. This is, a, this is a job for us. And... You know, I say that, but I think we do have to be able to leave what we have going on off the court. Mm-hmm. But I think when you have a proper uh, means of coping, a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. I think that does help out a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to see basketball as therapeutic and as an outlet for us. For sure. And I think when you look at it as that, and you put basketball in its proper context, and that it's not the end-all, be-all. Like you said, it's really just entertainment. But I think it, it, that allows us to really understand that, A, this is going to help me get through what I'm going through off the court, mm-hmm. and it's going to allow me to just leave what I have going on off the court, mm-hmm. leave it there, and while I'm on the court, I get to relax, I get to have fun. You get to do my thing, yeah. Exactly. exactly. What do you think, man? What do you think? I agree with that. I agree with that with that uh with that observation, you know, with that with that statement. Uh for Kyrie, uh or not even for Kyrie, but if but if I was in the NBA, um or not if I was in the NBA. Certain NBA player I I can see certain NBA players content with uh not giving their all on the court knowing that they're getting paid. Yeah. Ah, yeah. You know, so yeah. you know, Kyrie could be looking at this like, yeah, you know, they're saying this, they're saying this. I don't care because this isn't true, right. and I got a max contract, so it's like, right? They can say whatever they want, but yeah, you know. But you know, there's there's always guys that are like that on the team that they're just fine with just being playing basketball. You know, they're fine with just being on the team. Exactly, and maybe. I don't know, man. Maybe Kyrie is one of those people, but maybe he's not. I don't think Kyrie is. I think Kyrie is very, 
uh, dedicated to his craft and he's dedicated to winning. Definitely. I think it's just that something, yo, we all we all go through stuff. We, we all go through, through personal, personal stuff. And depending on how severe uh, yeah. that situation is that we're going through, it's hard to control, man. It's hard to really hide our emotions. Human beings are emotional creatures by nature. And sometimes it's hard to suppress that, man. But I think we do have to understand it that, yo, we're, we are human beings. These aren't just, we aren't just like robots. We aren't just like, <laughs> we're not just athletes. Yeah, yeah. We're human beings that deal with the same right. things that the fans do. Everybody goes through things. Exactly, exactly. Right. But I think you brought up a good point talking about some players are content with just being on the court, just playing basketball. Yeah. I always bring up uh, good points, man. Just like, <laughs> no, <playing>. Starting already. <laughs> but uh, speaking of speaking of that, Jimmy Butler is a player that I'm assuming would not be okay with you if you had that. Oh yeah, one hundred. Shout out yeah. to Jimmy Butler, man. Jimmy Butler. I'm a one thing about me. I'm a huge 76ers fan. This is this is way before the process. I've seen those ten in uh. 72 game seasons like it wasn't good so the fact that jimmy butler left didn't like it at all um but yeah jimmy butler definitely one of those guys where um is just so serious about his about his business from what from what we've seen him from you know yeah uh definitely definitely about his business uh for sure yeah i love yeah, I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan, man. For sure, for sure. The grind is crazy for him. Always, always. But speaking of, you know, speaking of narratives, speaking of Jimmy Butler, you know, the narrative with Jimmy coming out of Chicago was like he said, hard work, hard working guy. Mm-hmm. Uh came from the gutters. He you know, he leaves Got everything it. on the court. Yeah. You know, I am he got to Minnesota, that narrative was still with them. But then things started to change once he got into the disputes with uh, Wiggins and Towns, mm-hmm. and now it changed to, well, now well, well, is he a is he a cancer in the locker room? Is he a good teammate? Right. But personally, I think that was just his competitive nature. Mm-hmm. But now he's in Miami, where they have one of the best best records in the conference. Exactly, and they have a culture, yeah, uh, that fits his style with Pat Riley, mm-hmm. and like you said, they're winning. And the narrative has changed just like that, and that narrative wasn't there in Philly, by the way, as well, because it wasn't because 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 even even when we got the trade, uh, which I was so hyped for, yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, like he's going to bring that same cancerous attitude uh, from like the Timberwolves to the Sixers, and, and I was like, nah, bro, like nah, right. But then, but then, but then, like in my mind, I was like, man, like he might. Like, you know, because like that's what people are saying Yeah about him at the time. I don't know him I don't know him personally. So right. it's like right. dang. But yeah, like definitely changed the narrative. Like But it's crazy. Even if so safe because we don't know, we're not in that locker room with him. Mm-hmm. Even if he is a cancer in the locker room, it wasn't being talked about because they were mm-hmm. winning in Philly. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's why I just don't know if there's much validity to the storytelling process in the NBA. It sells tickets, but I think you just have to be aware. Yeah. A, and you just a, gotta, well, yeah, which is, which is, which is easier said than done because not a lot of people are, you know, like true basketball fans. Like, absolutely. you know, that like, if you're like a true basketball fan, 
like if you're one who has like played the game, kind of kind of like understands it, yeah. like you know that it's deeper than what is being said. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like so. I mean, but like that's not everybody. Some people just like some people like some people like Jimmy Butler. Some people like LeBron based on their names. Like, right. oh my God, like that's 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 like LeBron James. That's Jimmy Butler. It's not like yeah. Oh, I like Jimmy Butler because. He was the last pick in the first round, and he, yeah. you know, came off the bench and has had a starting role. And you know what I'm saying? Like right. they don't know that; they just know that he's like the face of like he's like the face of like the Miami Heat. Like right, right. That's kind of like here, like when the fans say like, "Oh my gosh, I love Zach. He's such a he's the yeah, best player yeah. on the team." Oh, but they don't know they don't know you from a personal aspect. You know, they just yeah. they just know what they see on the court. Or they used to be making stuff up, man. I never heard that before. No, we hear it all, guys. We hear it all the time. After every game, man, there's like so many people that come up to Zach after the game. Like, yo, good game, good game. They want, no, no cap, no cap. But, you know, speaking of Jimmy Butler, man, uh, you know, he's in Miami now. And the narrative has changed so quickly with him. Thanks. And part of it is because of the culture he's in. Mm-hmm. Under Pat Riley, mm-hmm. and I think that Miami has definitely subverted expectations so far. I what do you did you expect them to be this good so far? Um, this season. So they're so they're third in the conference right now. Yeah. Um, I had them going like six in the conference. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Maybe maybe like maybe like four for fifth. So they're they're exceeding the expectations, but not by a lot for me but it is like the first quarter of the season and they're making big noise which i was not expecting right uh thought they're just going to be cool but like i don't know man i like the miami heat though like they they yeah. they, they, they they like they're like they're one of the few teams that like i actually like to watch like because mm-hmm. i don't really like watching certain teams play because just like the style of how people but, play nowadays is just I don't know, extremely eh, different, very different. But yeah. Miami is one of those few teams that I that I do like. Yeah. So yeah, they definitely definitely gave us like a new like spark. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. At I all. think it's because of the shooting, Zach, that their um, the offense is so dynamic. They they have a good, they do a good job of penetrating, and being able to kick out to the weak side on the mm. on their offense. That with guards like you know, uh, Kendrick Nunn, yeah, uh, Duncan you know. Robinson. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., Tyler Hero, right. shooters on the team, you know. But also, Zach, you know, you've seen them play. They have, they have a lot of weak side movement as well mm-hmm. in their offense. You know, they do a lot of false actions, uh, relocations on the drive, mm-hmm. a lot of flex cuts uh, from the corner to the block that, that gets that backdoor cut open. For, for sure. Um, and I think that's why... Miami is so fun to watch because there's a lot of nuance to their offense. Mm-hmm. Could be because of Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra, he's a he's a great coach, right? Uh, always has been, and also they they're long. You know, Zach. They're yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say like they're they're like physicals and they're like athleticism. Um, you know, like like they're 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 like a very like young and like fast pace teams at times mm-hmm. and then like when they are it's just like they're kind of like hard to like stop on a break like it's like kind of hard to have like jimmy butler going like 
going his mode. Yeah. You got Derek Jones cutting who is gonna dunk everything. Yeah. Or you could kick it out to like Duncan Robinson who could who could like knock down a three. You kick it out to Kendrick Nunn who could make a shot for himself. You can yeah. you can kick it out to Tyler Hero who could make like a yeah. shot for himself. Yeah. Uh you used to have Grodic as well. Even even I mean like even though like he's not playing, even uh like Deion Waiters uh yeah. last year was like putting up solid numbers for them. So they yeah. everybody is well like versatile all around and they can all contribute something. Absolutely. Uh which is and, and they're and they're young, which is why like I like them. You yeah. Know? But speaking like, speaking of Dion, do you think when he returns, if he returns, mm-hmm. that he's going to be back in the rotation? Because I mean they're pretty guard heavy, mm-hmm. especially at that two spot, because Dion's not necessarily strictly a point. He's right. more of a combo. So do you see him getting playing time when he returns? Yeah. Um I think they'll find a way at first, and then it's like, all right, if you don't produce, yeah, this is this is this is this is not looking good for you because we're already doing good without you. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the worst too. Like when when a, <laughs> when a team is doing good without you, and it's like, dang, like you know, because like you know, like you don't want to be on the court and be like, oh man, like I'm the reason that they're losing type stuff, right? But you want to be a part of something yeah, good that's going on. Exactly, but I, I definitely think that. I definitely think that they'll give him like a chance, just just, just based off of like last year, like, and, and and I mean not even just based off of last year, but just based off what he's uh, capable capable of doing. Right. Um, yeah, I I I hope he gets an opportunity when he comes back. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, everyone deserves obviously a second chance, but there does, there does come a point where you are what you are. Mm-hmm. And if you are not, if you're not adding to the solution, you are detracting from it. So you have to be removed. For sure. Dang. Yeah, that's the business, man. <laughs> it is. That's the business. Hey, man, ba- sports is entertainment and business. That's all it is, man. But, sure. you know, in terms of the way they play, you know, my, Miami kind of reminds me of, you might disagree with me on this. Who? Milwaukee. Without Giannis. Their length, kind their ability to shoot, uh, their ability, like you said, to get out on the break, and the false are weak actions they have on the weak side of the court. Mm-hmm. They kind of remind me of a of a of a poor man's Milwaukee team. Poor man's Milwaukee. Nah, 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 I can't agree with that. What do you think? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not into full detail about what kind of like plays they run um but i'm just saying like just just in terms of like matchups and stuff mm-hmm. i feel like um milwaukee has Giannis, right which is their like superstar yeah so he takes up most of the possession on the court whether okay I mean, like as opposed to Miami, where like everybody gets involved in a way, okay. like 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 this like this like past game, mm-hmm. or like the most like recent game, it was like you know Jimmy Butler had twenty, Duncan Robinson had thirty, Bam had a triple double with eighteen, yeah, Kendrick Nunn, you know I think it was Kendrick Nunn mm-hmm. or like Tyler Light Hero, one of them, like like there were five people in double digits. Yeah. Like and in, in, in like high scoring double digits. Yeah. And I think like for like the Bucks, it's just like, all right, like give the ball to Giannis. You think so? 
have a Mac. I'm not like not like not not like all the time, but mm-hmm. but like at the end of the game, it's always Giannis scores. Okay, thirty. Giannis scores forty, and then you got people in the back. But it's like for like the Heat, it's oh Jimmy Butler scores Balance. twenty. Yeah. Oh Tyler Hero scores twenty this game. Right. You know Kendrick Nunn balls out. You know it's 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 more variety with their like player more of the balanced. games rather than. So, do, but do you think it's more balanced because there is no player on that Miami team that's as good as Giannis? Because you know when you're when you're good, right, you're right, gonna have the ball more in your hands. Right. I just think they, I just think they have more like, I'm gonna say like blue chip players. Like besides like Jimmy Butler, like there's not really no big names like like no. within. Like there isn't, like I mean, within that roster, you know. Yeah, well, depending on how you feel about Dragic, yeah, uh, which I, nah, I'm not a fan of Dragic. Oh, not even when he was in Phoenix. That was my peak. <laughs> that was my peak. You know, Dragic's face, but I don't know. Ever since he got dunked on like, by who? Um, D Rose. Yeah, I'm just like ah, he's soft. Prime D Rose. D Rose. You know, I saw a stat the other day. Speaking of D Rose, mm-hmm. D Rose is averaging the same points he had poor. Per 36 minutes, he's averaging the same points he mm-hmm. did in his MVP season. Another narrative, man. They trying to say D. Rose is on a comeback. Which he is, but it's like, you know, it's it's never going to be the same. But I did not know that stat. That is yeah. crazy. It was something that popped up. But that's, speaking of narratives, you know, the media is going to choose what they choose, what they want to put out. Exactly. Put out there. No, props, to, props to D. Rose, man. For sure. Speaking of narratives and comparisons, though, man, your, uh, your boy Luca. It's not my boy. Your boy Luka Doncic, man, has been on a tear. He has been. Been on a tear this season. You know, can I read you his stats, man? Yeah, stats? yeah, yeah. Go he's for it, he's man. averaging twenty nine point three stats per game, third in the NBA. Points per game. Yeah, twenty nine point three. Uh you said twenty nine point three stats per game. Did I say stats? Yeah. Which I mean, he could be averaging twenty nine point three stats. You guys, he got a lot of stats on him. Guys, it's been a long week, man. It's been a long week. Twenty nine point three points. Per game, mm-hmm. third in the NBA. He's averaging 8.9 assists, which is third in the NBA. And he has a player efficiency rating of 32.15, which is second in the league. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, he did get hurt the other night. He rolled his ankle, though. Uh, but, Zach, as you know, the, com- the comparisons that have been made so far is to either LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And Magic Johnson, and even someone, someone. I was watching FS1, and I forgot who threw out the comparison, but someone said Michael Jordan, also. And I don't know if they're making this comparison based off playing style or, or just statistics alone. But do you think it's fair to make these comparisons so early with Luca? Absolutely not. Mm. Um, don't get me wrong. Luca's balling out. Right. Yeah. Like you said, all those stats. Twenty nine twenty nine point three points per game. He's only what, twenty? Twenty twenty, yeah, twenty. He's t- only twenty. That's crazy. But people are so quick to compare people to like the goats once when they do something good, mm-hmm. it's like chill out. Like you're in like he's like this is his second year in the, in, the, in the league, yeah. And you're comparing him to somebody who has many accolades, like yeah. like just like I, I mean I mean I mean like granted like you know like they've played longer, but it's just like this dude hasn't even made like a first team yet, right? And you're comparing right. him to to 
to somebody who has made 10 first teams in a row like or like you know Mm -hmm. it's just like pump the brakes a little bit do you think when those comparisons are made so early in a player's career that it kind of sets them at a disadvantage because now those expectations are always going to be so high um yes in a sense uh because you as a player i would feel i mean like i i wouldn't feel but like there would always be that like pressure on me like Mm -hmm. wow like i gotta live up to this hype um you know and people manage it very well but like that's just something that you have to manage in like the back of your mind yeah but at sometimes it's like man like i wasn't even like asking for 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 like all this i just wanted to play ball now now they're comparing me to Uh x y and z i don't want to be compared to x y z i just want to be me you know that's kind of what like kevin durant said uh his second year in golden state right he said that he Mm -hmm. just wants to play basketball he doesn't want to yeah comparisons or anything but that's that's the price that you get with you know great fame and a big name yeah so in terms of playing style Mm -hmm. do you think that the comparisons to Magic Johnson and LeBron James are accurate when it comes to Luka? Um not really. I I actually I could I got to say I don't know. Um I not a big fan of Luka. Uh he 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 is balling out, but when I watch NBA games, I'm not like he's not the guy I'm looking to watch. Like, oh yeah, like the Mavs are playing. Let me let me go watch Luka. Right. Uh that's just not me. Um so I don't really know what his play style is like, but from the highlights that I've seen him do, Magic, nah, LeBron, nah, nah, like, 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 like I've never, I've never seen him get somebody open, mm, you know, really? like I've never, like, you know, like all of his assists. Like I said, like I've, I've never seen his game, but when yeah. I see his highlights, it's him making. Like a step back, you know, mm-hmm. three or just like you know, like a one dribble, you know, hezzy right. step back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's always yeah. pulling off some type of move that looks crazy yeah. that he makes. Right. Uh, that's just that's just from what I've seen. So maybe in the future I gotta watch more Luca games. But I've never seen uh I've never seen nothing where Luca's taking it up the court. No looking, no looking somebody off, passing it to like somebody else. I, I, I personally haven't. So you know, I think just... I think you would enjoy his game, Zach, because you also, as a forward, have the ability to get the ball and be a point forward and really create for others and also create a shot for yourself, especially in the break. Mm-hmm. And I and Luca is able to do the same thing. You know, Luca's six eight, I think, almost pushing six nine, mm-hmm. and I think whenever you're a point forward, you automatically get compared to guys like Magic or LeBron. For sure. Because those are the pioneers that came yeah, before that. Makes sense. Well not pioneers, but you know, yeah, good like, players came before that. And uh he's not the score he's not the passer that LeBron James was. LeBron James is an amazing playmaker. Right. But I think at this age Luca is a better scorer because of his ability, like you said, to step back and shoot from the outside than LeBron was at this age at twenty years old. Yeah, he wasn't doing. Yeah, but LeBron was just so athletic. Yeah, like, just so like like so like commanding. Like yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like Luca is too, but like LeBron was commanding in his in own the physical aspect. Yeah, like the physical. Yeah, yeah. like like he was both he was, physical and 
and basketball IQ. Right. Like. Yeah, and LeBron LeBron James actually had a high mental IQ uh, as soon as he got in the league, but I think just a t- he's on a weak Cleveland team, so it couldn't be exploited. Yeah. But LeBron was playing bully ball with grown men at 20 years old, and I think that says a lot about his, his physical uh, right. prowess. Right. But I think the closer comparison, honestly, Zach, would be to not Magic Johnson, but more of a Larry Bird. Hmm. Yeah, because uh, Larry was a very underrated playmaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Larry yeah. Larry was an excellent shooter, especially from the outside, and he was highly efficient. Uh, like we were saying, Luca's efficiency rating is second in the league right now, mm-hmm. and that's what his playing style. Just because of the way the game is played today, might look like Magic, mm-hmm. but. His efficiency is more similar to Bird, in my opinion, especially with the teammates. Like he has a big with a uh, Kristaps and Bird had Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale, and he has excellent guards on the team with Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. And just like you know, a uh, Bird had Dennis Johnson, but Luca's ability to play make from the top of the key and from like kind of like the short corner kind of area is why it kind of reminds me of more bird than anybody. Would you say uh, that you like Lucas game more than um, Trey Young's? Like I know like there's that always a debate always between say, the yeah. two. Uh, as a guard, I relate more to Trey Young's game. Mm-hmm. But I like to watch Luca because you know how you kind of, not admire, you like to look at things that you're not necessarily good at. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to watch football sometimes because I'm not good at football. <laughs> but so I, I admire his game because I there's some things he does that I'm not necessarily able to do at this moment. But I think I relate more to Trey Young's game. That was a very political answer. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> but But I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I agree. I agree. There are some things that I watch about Trey Young that I pers- that that I like that I can't really do as well. I will say this though: I think that Luca has more talent on this Dallas team, which is why he looks better. Mm-hmm. But Trey put Trey Young on this Dallas team, and I think they're just as good. And Trey looks better. Hmm. Because can, can Luca so, do what he's doing now in Atlanta? I, I think he could. I think he could do what he's doing now in Atlanta. I, I, I think he has a more chance. I think he has a better chance of doing what he's doing now in Atlanta than Trey Young. Than what Trey Young is, than Trey Young doing what Luke is doing in, in on the Mavs. Does that have anything to do with height? Does that have anything to do with height? No, I think it has to do with play style. Okay. Yeah, just play style. But either way. Both of them talented players. Both talented players. And like you were saying, like, it's all about narratives. That's a topic today, guys, narratives and comparisons. And they're always going to be compared with each other for the rest of their careers uh, because of what happened on draft night. And if if they're able to use that as fuel to help enhance their game, then it's going to be something amazing to watch. But they can't let it be a detriment to them. Those comparisons and that narratives. It's just like I don't I don't understand why like Luca though like 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 I get he's balling out but it's like you know no one's no one's talking no one's really talking about 
Brandon Ingram's uh, impressive year this year. Like no one's amazing. Uh, front runner for most improved player of the year. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And there's just you know other names I can't really think of right now, but like Brandon Ingram was the first person. It's like nobody's you know nobody's comparing him to LeBron. Yeah. Which well, I he, get. I get that. Like it's yeah, like a stretch, yeah, but you know a long like, stretch. <laughs> no, because his playing style kind of reminds me more of a. I mean, so if he was, if he had the ability to create his shot from the mid range, mm-hmm. he re, he remind me of a young Kevin Durant. But I think you know we all kind of know the reason why Luca is getting so much publicity is in basketball when there is a white player that is good or stands out, they're going to get more publicity because it's a deviation from the norm. It's different. And so the media wants to, you know, jump on that. And not only the fact, and and not only because he has white skin, but it's because he's international. He's international. Yeah. he's Spanish. Is he Spanish? A true Spaniard. Is he Spanish, bro? Lithuanian? I think so. Some. (laughs) I I, I know, I... They claim he's from Spain, so that's why I say he's Spain. like like he's like he got drafted from Real Madrid in Spain. He played in Spain, but I think yes. he's from Lithuania. Yeah, don't quote us on that, guys. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, because the same thing happened with Manu and Dirk when they came in. They started getting huge comparisons and recognitions. Granted, Dirk is a top Dirk was Dirk, ton, yeah. top ten big man in the league. Yeah. All time, yeah. maybe, maybe, yeah. 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 So that's a l- legitimate, uh, you know, uh, validation. But mm-hmm. you know, Manu, Manu got comparisons like that. Like you said, Drogic, got comparisons like that for a little bit when he started to, you know, create a name for himself. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> now, now that's a reach. We're comparing Drogic with with all. No, I'm fine. no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. But you get what I'm saying. Like they get yeah, uh, yeah. comparisons. International players tend to have, you know, yeah, some type of buzz about them. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's all good for the in, entertainment. In terms of entertainment value, it's all good for the league. It is because more stories Mixes things up. There's yeah. a reason why there's a USA versus World yeah. Rising Stars game, yeah, and not a rookie sophomore. As I liked it, you I'm know? a fan of the rookie sophomore games. I know they, they need yeah. to bring that back. Yeah, yeah. We can't have everything we want though, Zach. I mean, we. I guess we kind of could if we really. That's another another topic. But uh, you know, let's go. Let's go into our topic of the day, guys. Yeah. Um, stereotypes. Mm. Zach, as a basketball player, you know that there can be a connotation that comes with us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And whether it be on or off the court, whether it be positive or negative, when people see us or when we tell them they're basketball players they automatically have this conversation in their mind uh have you experienced any sort of stereotypes about yourself or yeah stereotypes about yourself as a basketball player when it comes to being off the court um yes so before i start into that i want to let the public know um i am six foot five uh, He's six seven, man. Nah, you know, give or take, give or take. <laughs> so I'm a I'm a pretty tall individual compared to other people in this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm playing, I'm playing. Um, 
but a lot but, of shade. <laughs> but yeah, um, so when I go in, I go into the classroom uh, because of my height alone. One, they uh, or people tend to assume that I play a sport. Mm-hmm. That sport, generally being basketball. Um, cause I just look like a basketball player, I guess, you know, I walk in, I got, I got my little book bag on, I got my hoodie, I got my beats. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just macking. I'm just like chilling. You're macking. <laughs> yeah. But, um, with that comes, oh, he plays basketball. That's all he cares about. He's yeah. not focused on his studies or he's not as, uh, serious about his studies compared to the non-athletic people and that's something that I had to live with mm-hmm. ever since I was in like ever since I was in like middle school like right. like seventh grade it's like oh oh you know like this guy this guy wants to play basketball you know yeah he doesn't care about the study sessions he doesn't care about handing in his work on time he doesn't care about walking into like office hours this is like later later on in the years it's just yeah you know but uh that's not the case for most people you know um i know that it's bigger than basketball at the end of the day um and it's not not only is it bigger than basketball but uh you know learning and like school it's like just another it's another tool that can help you out in the long run, just as how basketball helps you out uh, as well. So, right. um, just the fact that we're not serious, the fact that they claim that we're not as serious because we play sports is just outrageous. Like, right. So you were saying when you walk into a classroom or into a public setting that people automatically have this thought about you that you play basketball and that you only care yeah. for the most about, part yeah. about basketball. Mm-hmm. So. Do you come into that classroom or a public setting with the mindset that I know what they think about me and I'm going to subvert their expectations? Or do you come into the or do you go into that classroom with a mindset of I could really care less what they think? I'm here to handle my business and keep it going. Mm. It's it's a mix of both. Okay. Um I'm not offended if somebody says, "Oh, you must play basketball." Right, um, that's not the offensive part. Right. It's just the it's that's like that's like being nice about That's being, a nice like, way of saying that. That's a nice way of saying, "Oh, you uh, must not really care about yeah. this." Yeah. Or like, "Oh, like you're only here for this." Basketball. Like, you know, basketball, um right. So, to get back on that yeah. track, uh Well, let me ask you this. Do you think, yeah. <laughs> let me ask you this. Do you think that, do you think that, uh, like, their, um, their expect, their connotation mm. or expectation of you is valid from a physical appearance standpoint? Like, you know, you come in with sweats and a hoodie. Mm-hmm. Is it fair for someone to think that, you know, you only care about basketball when you, Walk into a classroom? No, 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 I don't. I don't think it's fair. Okay. Uh, you know, just because I walk in with some sweats mm-hmm. doesn't mean oh, this this guy's an athlete, right? I might walk in with some sweats because it's cold outside. That's fair. You know, yeah. walk in with a hoodie because it's cold outside. Right. But um, 
but you know part of me doesn't part of me doesn't care about that but then like the other part wants me to like show them up and be like okay like like Mm. Like I'm gonna prove not that it matters, but like it's like just for you to know, like mm. I could I could still do this as well. Yeah. Like, and I could do it better than some of the people in the class, you know? Like you know, like oh, yeah. so for sure. You know, you can't you can't hate on me mm. uh period. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely That's some, my take on that. There's definitely some subs in there. But have you ever, Zach, been in a situation where you present your work or you you know, someone's reading your paper or something mm-hmm. or you're speaking with somebody in your classroom and they say, wow, I'm so surprised, Zach. Like, I I didn't expect this out of you. Do you ever get that? Uh, not in that wording, but I've, I've, I've had some good projects back in, like, high school. They're like, oh, like, I'm thoroughly I- impressed with, like, what do you mean? Like, what like, did you expect out yeah, of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, what did you, you know? Um, And it would be on the subjects that, like, I did talk about sports. I mean, like, mind you, like, Mind you, like I like I like I like sports in general. Um, right. I want to venture out to learn new sports, right. so I try to talk about sports because that's just what I like. That's the reason why I'm studying sports management. I'm not studying sports management because I play basketball. You know, yeah. so I want to get that out the way. Like I study sports management because you know I want to go into the sports industry uh, after everything is said and done. Right. Um. So with that being said, uh. It's when I don't talk about sports. People are like, oh, like, I didn't know that you were interested or I didn't know that you dug up so much research on, you know, on like something that isn't like a sport. Sport related. Yeah. So it's crazy. So let me ask you this. Is it a little is it a stroke to your ego when you subvert those expectations? Does it make does it make you feel kind of like, yeah, like. You guys are wrong about me. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, 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 in a sense, I, I, I express that just through like, just through like the presentation or like the project, just, or just like as I like go, go along. It's like, yeah, like, like I know when I'm doing good. So when like I know I'm doing good, like I kind of want to let you know, like, yeah, yeah, like you know, yeah, I'm doing my thing right now. Doing my thing right now. <laughs> so you better be impressed, type stuff. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's I like it. I like it. I like it. That's good. That's good. Uh, so those are stereotypes you might face off the court. Are there any stereotypes you might face on the court? Um, yes, I feel like there's a lot of, especially when you're a, especially when you're a tall black male. I mean, like it's the, it's a shame for short black males also, but you know, just the fact that you're tall kind of gives you a little bit more pressure because because like you don't want to be like a tall for nothing type person like like you know like everybody's saying like i don't i don't know why he's trash he's he's like tall so i feel like i gotta perform there were times where i thought to myself i gotta perform every night so that people don't look at me as a tall for nothing type of person and that's a fact. This is this is this is. I mean, this is back in like this is back in like middle school though. Right. Like like back in like early like high school years. It's like mm-hmm. you know people say, oh, he's six five. Like he should be dunking. Um, which I do, <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean there were there yeah. there were times where I was like six six three and I couldn't get up as well as I do now. So it's like oh like I don't know why or you know like if I was your height I would be doing this like right. 
like you would never know like it's like, it's very easier said than done so i feel like there's always stereotypes uh about that so for, in, in in my case so do you think you have added pressure because of your height to be successful um it plays a factor it plays a factor it i mean i've matured over the years uh so i don't think about it like that uh but when i was coming up uh i definitely you know i definitely wanted to put on a show so that people don't think that i'm just wasting what i have uh talent wise yeah like or, no more physical right right like talent yeah. wise physical wise but i mean that's the position that i put myself in like also so it's, uh, it's and like, you put yourself in that position intentionally yes 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 but but okay. but but, but, I'm, but i mean like i'm not talking about like putting myself to the pressure like i put myself to playing basketball with right. basketball right. it comes okay you, you better be good or not good so mm. well i mean no i got i understand what you're saying right 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 like you like so like i understand why they think that because you know that's just basketball like like it's just or like that's what like all types of sports like if you were if you were uh six two three twenty but you were a garbage lineman (laughs) (laughs) you know people would people people would say oh why why is he garbage (laughs) right if you're if you got all that physique but that's the position that you put yourself into so right so it comes with the territory exactly essentially okay that's fair that's fair i are there any in terms of your playing style Mm -hmm. uh do you feel like you've subverted expectations of you because if we're being frank Mm -hmm. Uh, you are actually no Zach. Uh, you are you are a lot better on the offensive end than I expected you to be because of your ability. That to, means I suck on defense, guys. No, no, <laughs> no. Because of your ability to, I didn't know you could stretch the floor out so far. For sure, guys. Uh, just to give you guys like a visual representation, Zach is. Imagine, imagine, yeah, imagine Kevin Durant, essentially. No, 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 and really, that's the best comparison I can think of because I'm a a very lanky person. You're lanky. Got a seven foot wingspan, guys. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, it's you know know that the physique is crazy. You feel me? Pause. (laughs) Pause. (laughs) But no, Zach is has has ability to stretch the floor. He's long, like he said. He has quick feet. And he has a soft touch around the basket. He can uh, back it down on the post. And he stretches the floor out all the way past the three-point line. He's a, essentially a point forward. So that's why mm-hmm. the comparison that comes to mind is Kevin Durant. I appreciate that. I do I do get that a lot. A lot. Yeah. Uh, mostly mostly for my physique. Obviously, I'm not, you know. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not complaining. Let's just say that. I'm not <laughs> complaining. But to answer your question... I've exceeded expectations for myself. Forget what everybody else thinks uh, mm-hmm. for a quick sec. I grew up uh, playing. I, I started very late, sixth grade, seventh grade. Um, I was the tallest person, so they put me as the forward. They put me as they put me as the center. It wasn't really until I got into college where I started transitioning from being like the stretch four into trying to work on my 
guard game. Right. Now, mind you, I'm my own critic, so I know there's more for me to come. But I say where 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 I was at from the beginning, just being the stretch four, just like hustling, posting up all the time to like actually having some type of arsenal in my bag. Yeah. I can't complain about that, man. And that's the difference of me scoring seven points per game in my freshman year to scoring 20 points a game my senior year. So it's like... Yeah, you added that dimension to your game. Exactly. So I've exceeded expectations for myself. Absolutely. That I liked. And and I think that's important for all athletes to do. We have to set our... Give ourselves a standard so we have something to reach for. We have a goal to obtain. Right. I think it's good that you subverted those expectations about yourself, man. But yeah, man, those are stereotypes that all athletes go through at some point in their life. Um, what about you though? Are there, is there any, is there any, uh, you know, short people problems? Short or, people problems. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So it's funny you were saying that you have a higher expectation or people give you higher expectations because of your height. Cause mm-hmm. you're taller. The, uh, just a negative stereotype that normally comes with undersized guards is that, their liability on the defensive end and mm-hmm. i have always tried to make it a statement that i am going to not be a liability but in fact be an asset on a defensive end mm-hmm. so I always made it especially like you said in high school I always made it a point in mind to either guard the the team's best scorer or the best player mm-hmm. just to keep myself to that high standard of hey i have to I have to be an asset on this defensive end. Right. And I think on the offensive end, uh, one stereotype that, come, that comes with being an undersized guard is that you're not able to finish in the in the paint. Mm-hmm. And I think I have also made it a, a fact a fact to be able to finish in different aspects, you know, where the underhand or over, you know, taller players so I can like I said, be an asset on the court. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. You you use those, crit- not criticisms, but you use those expectations that people give you as uh, as confidence. Mm-hmm. I tend to tune out all things and focus on what I need to do to mm-hmm. make myself better because I know my game and I know I need to add. And I, like you did kind of say, that I, could, I could also care less about what other people are going to say about me Mm-hmm. from a stereotypical standpoint because they're always going to have something to say whether it be positive or negative regardless of what you do. For sure. And I think all players receive some sort of connotation or stereotype as soon as they walk on the court just based on their appearance. But it's all about how you respond to that. That's a fact. Yeah, for That's sure. For sure. But um, off the court, yeah, there are definitely uh, some stereotypes that I receive uh, when I walk into the classroom, and I can tell it's there as soon as I walk in, but it does. It's kind of used as an ego stroke to when I let them, when I show them that a. Not only do I know what I'm doing, but I'm kind of I'm I'm better than you at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In your field, you know what I mean. So, it is a bit of an ego stroke, for being honest, but it doesn't. That's not what fuels me. What fuels me is my self gain. Right. You know, me wanting to be better. That's just a subsidiary of it. The fact that they think that I don't do it. Exactly. But uh, 
stereotypes, man. I think something we all go through. Uh, we just learn how to learn how to how to deal with them. Exactly. And I think we all have different ways of dealing with them. Mm-hmm. But guys, uh, we have our questions from the public. Uh, there's a lot of questions. Zach. Let me hear. Let a lot me of hear. questions. Uh, Zach, you might like this question since you're a music uh, connoisseur, mm-hmm. an artist. Okay. Uh, what kind of music do you listen to in your pregame? Uh, hmm. That is a good question. Uh, there are many factors. Uh, it depends on how long, uh, not how long, how much time there is before the actual game. Okay. Uh, for instance, uh, we took that three-hour bus ride. Yeah. All the way up to Essex, and <laughs> which was which is a long, which is a very long time. Let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> um, so I'm not listening to hype music from minute one to hour 30 i can't like like my ears can't like stand that um so i actually started listening to a couple of like albums that were nominated for like for like uh album of the year during the uh during the uh grammys oh um yeah so i i have a very or I've been learning to have a wide variety of like music taste, but when it all comes down to it, <laughs> when it all comes down to like right, right, right before the game, mm-hmm. I'm 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 playing some Meek, I'm yeah. playing some Ross, uh, I'm playing just whatever gets me in the mood. Like like it's just like it's not it's 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 not certain artists. It's just like certain like just like mood music like that that can that can get me in a comfortable state. Or can help me get into a better state before the game, because like I'm always ready to go. But like, yeah. if you have that music around you, I don't know. I like music, so it yeah. it that's what fuels me to kind of get, you know, amped up or to get you know ready to go. So you would say Meek and Ross are some of your go to artists to listen to? Yeah, 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 yeah. They've been they've been they've been on the rotation currently. You know, okay, nice. That championships album is crazy. Oodles and noodles. And noodles, man. <laughs> but you say you listened to you or this past Wednesday at our game, you were listening to the albums that were nominated for album of the year. Yes. From the Grammys. Yeah. Well, for those who aren't as musical musically savvy as you are, what were those albums? Um let's see. I was I listened to the Lizzo album. <laughs> Lizzo got nominated for album of she the year. She did uh, it's just which is a whole different story. But I I'm not I wanted to see what the hype was about. Like let me let me let me be clear. I don't listen to Lizzo. Like 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 that's not on the road that's not on my rotation. But me yeah. being musically savvy, I'm like, okay, let me see why this was nominated album of the year. Okay. So I was listening to that. Um I also listened to the Bon Iver uh, album. Okay. Um, solid, solid, solid pieces of works. But once when I got into, all right, like it's like an hour before game time. Let me scratch all that out. Yeah, I can't. I can't be listening to Lizzo right before the game. You know. Right, right. I don't want to hear that. Didn't she get kicked out of uh, Staples Center? Uh, <sighs> she listen. I don't know. I I saw that on the news the other day, and yeah, yeah, she, she did. She's, right? she, she's just making headlines. She's okay. just making headlines. Narratives, guys. Narratives. What other albums that were nominated for album of the year for the with the Grammys? Um, let's see. Lil Nas X uh, X okay. was nominated. Um, there are a couple more album album of the year. I don't. I don't necessarily know 
all of the album of the years. I definitely know what's nominated for best rap album. Okay, um, so what was nominated for best rap album? So best rap best rap album is Meek Mill Championships. Uh, Twenty One Savage. I am greater than I was. Uh, Y and B Corday, um, lost something. Wasn't twenty? Wasn't uh the Dreamville? Yes. Collab. Yes, the Dreamville collab, and there's one more that I cannot think of. Oh, Tyler Creator, Igor. That was an amazing album. It is an amazing album. Do you think it's better um, than uh Flower Boy? Uh, I didn't really listen to Flower Boy. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. I've I've solely I'm not a big Tyler Creator fan. Uh, well, I am, but he's not one of my well, one of my rotational artists okay. artists but i strictly listened to igor because it was nominated for best rap album and i could definitely see why it could win best rap album so could you give us your prediction for who's going to win best rap album i i need me i predict meek to win i need meek to win i want meek to win I think Meek has the best rap album on that list. Um, I mean, I give it to J. Cole uh, in terms of like him having a nice project, but his is more of like a label collab like project, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Igor is probably second best in terms of... uh, just like different like fresh like rap like content you know because like if you for for like the Tyler creative fans out there i guess like you know that like and like igor like he didn't really rap as much it's more like experimental more he had a lot more singing yeah on that album um 21 savage's album is it's nice it's nice i don't think it's album i don't think it's album of the year worthy uh and then the YB Corday album was a dope album, but he's new into the game com- compared to the others. Yeah. So you don't want to give nobody. It's it's not but common it's, to but give. But if, if it's good, it's not common, right? But if yeah. it's good, it's good, right? If it is good, it's good. But I don't see anybody top of me. I got Meek for for a rap out of for, for for rap album of the year. That would be that. He 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 needs that in terms of his legacy in the game he he, he needs that that would be a huge comeback that would yes very huge comeback but yeah that's what i listen to zach you're adding so much musical insight to this podcast man hey man we love it about to start my own (laughs) i'm about to get my own spinoff (laughs) spinoff yeah but no No, what do you listen to man uh before the games anything yeah for those of you don't know nba live 07 is the best sports soundtrack of all listen time. To video game soundtracks. Listen, man. listen. Uh, my favorite mutiny, just by Alex Bronson. Uh, Kick push. Kick push uh, is crazy by Niles Barkley. Crazy's classic. Uh, Jurassic Park or Jurassic uh, Jurassic World Five, I think is their name with the Dave Matthews Band. I know what you're talking about. Uh, what song did they make on their um? It's gonna it's gonna come back to me later, but also uh, till we get there, there's all there's a lot of those are like the, my songs I listen to before every pregame. Mm. But like you said, you're not you're not bumping drill music or hype music three hours before tip off. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. So what I like to do is I like to relax myself first, and then as we start to get 
uh, closer towards game time or tip off, my music starts to change. It starts to get uh, the tempo starts to get a little hot, uh, faster. Uh, start to get more towards that rap area of music. Right. But it also depends on who we're playing and the mood that I'm in. So if I'm really excited before a game, I need to calm myself down. So I'll listen to more R&B uh, music mm-hmm. uh, to keep myself calm before the game. Definitely. But if I feel like I'm not, I'm lacking energy, then I'll spend more time listening to that to that rap music. But uh, but Wu Tang, uh, yeah. Bring the Ruckus is always a song I listen to. That's I've heard that song in a while. <laughs> oh, and uh, the Mystery of Chess Boxing by Wu Tang is also a song that mm-hmm. I like to. I always listen to before a free game. So I actually have a specific track list that I listen to, mm-hmm. as opposed to just artists. Mm-hmm. But For sure. mm, that's that's just me. I'm a little different though, man. So, um, you know the song "L.A." with Murs and Knife Wonder. That's on NBA Live 07 also. Is it really? Of course, of course, you would know because it's Ninth Wonder. Because it's Ninth Wonder, yeah. <laughs> Guys, this Zach is the biggest Ninth Wonder fan that I've ever met. Man. Amen. But it's very uh, accepted because Ninth Wonder is an amazing producer. Yes, yes. Yeah. Shout yeah. out. Shout yeah. out to Ninth. But uh, what other questions do we have? Oh, here's a quick question we can answer. James Harden, best player in the league, yes or no? No. No. I agree. Best offensive player in the league, though. You took my answer, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Best player in the league? Nah. nah. Best scorer? Yeah. Yes. So, that man will get you a bucket. Okay, so as of December 15th, 2019, best player in the league. Quick answer. Quick answer right now? Right now. Braun. Braun? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got to go Braun, too. I got to go Braun. You could you could never you could like that's the thing about LeBron like you could never not say Bron. No, last year he was not the best player in the league. Kevin Durant was. When you when you don't say Bron, there's there's a reason like about Bron though. Like I think like Bron Bron was like injured last year. Yeah. You know, yeah. if he wasn't injured, he yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, so, I look I look stupid saying that. No, you're good. So you're going with Bron, Bron best player. Yes, yes. Bron, Bron currently right now. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. It's been running it. Okay. Do you... Okay, here's another question we can answer. Do you believe multiple sport athletes set themselves back from being successful in one sport? Um... No. Let me say no in the, in the, in the sense that... Um, I think they train equally as well for both. It just depends on the preference that you that that athlete has at, at the moment. I don't know. It depends on the athlete. Let me say that. Yeah. It depends on the athlete. Um, you take someone like Kyler Murray, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, projected, you know, first-round pick in the NFL. Projected pick and in the MLB, right? Yeah. Um dude was I I I don't know him, but you got to be very talented to get drafted in the MLB. So you're training hard for that, but you're also training hard for football, so mm-hmm. it's just in terms of what what sport you prefer. 
So do you think there's certain sports that you have to focus fully on that one sport if you want to be successful at it? Yes. Oh, yes. Like once when you fully commit, I feel like when you're not fully committed, you you are equally training for. Yeah. I think this question meant from a young, at a young age. Oh, okay. You know, because obviously once you start to get towards like your high school years, you, you focus on that one sport. Even, yeah, I think once you start to get high school, you focus on one sport and you know, really focus on that. But right. yeah, I don't know. What would you what would you say then? I think at least in the mid your elementary and middle school years, you mm-hmm. have to play multiple sports. Mm-hmm. Just to develop your full body athleticism. Because the athleticism you use, say if you only play basketball, mm-hmm. you're not gonna develop the other athleticism you need right. if you you know, if you play football or right. soccer. There's things that your body does in each sport that are necessary for you to be successful, even in one sport. You know what I mean? That's a fact. That's a fact. And like you were saying, like as you get older, you start to, you know, gravitate towards this one sport. But I think you do need to even even if it's not just for the athletic purposes, just to see what you're good at. Yes. You know, play all sports. And it does and it does help out in, in, in the long run. If you I know a lot of basketball players who have played soccer and yeah. it's those basketball players that have great footwork. Amazing footwork. You know, so, I you know I used to I used to play soccer. Ah, uh, is that why you have amazing footwork? It is. That's it what is. that's what you wanted to say. I just wanted you to give me a shot. <laughs> that's the first compliment Zach has ever given me, guys. Fishing. <laughs> but uh, I agree. I do think though, Zach, once you get towards your junior, senior year, of high school, you gotta you gotta choose. I, you gotta choose one, man. <laughs> yeah, I do think so. Just because, like, and thinking about basketball. Think about all the time you have to put in to really focus on your craft. A lot of time. A lot yeah. of time, right? A lot of time. I think the only sport that you could get away with uh, in your junior or senior year doing outside of basketball mm-hmm. is maybe track. I would say track. Mm-hmm. Lacrosse too. Really? If you're really, if you're really into, that, I'm not. You know, I'm. I I hate lacrosse players. Oh. Uh, so whoa, that's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. All right. I was. I could play. I could give me give give me a stick right now, and in three months I can play for a D one team. Oh, those are some big words. Huh? It's just very big words. I, I used to have like debates about that. Like people say that lacrosse is a very skilled sport, which it is. But anybody like it's a very easy skill to learn, in my opinion. Is that your confidence saying that, or do you genuinely believe? I genuinely believe that. Really? I genuinely believe that. You know, Zach, we're going to bring in a lacrosse player next week, and we're going to have you guys talk about that. Because I'm sure I'm sure people think of the same thing about basketball. They're like, oh, that's not – that's easy. I'll get out there and do right, that. Right, 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 right. Come come play basketball. Come come to our practice. Exactly. <laughs> see if exactly. you can – see if you but, can hang. Yeah. Like you said, basketball takes a lot of hours, takes a lot of craft. I think that – I think that there are certain sports that doesn't take enough that doesn't need to yeah. take enough craft. Less skill based and more just yeah, athletic. Yeah. It's no it's no knock on I don't I don't mean a I I don't mean a knock on. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, we're just joking, yeah. Yeah. So maybe cuz I always hear football is you know it doesn't take much skill but more athleticism. Right. But I don't know. I've I've spoken with football players at the D1 and D2 level. Mm-hmm. And their skill set is very nuanced and very detailed. Mm. And I was definitely surprised by how much goes into being able to, you know, read a zone blocking scheme or mm-hmm. being able to read all of that. get off the line. You know, it's, it's a lot more detail and skill than I originally thought. Right. But 
we're biased as basketball players. We think that we have the most skill set. It's also it's also funny that you bring up track too. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but uh, my senior year, no, my junior year in college, I did um, high jump for the first time. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I like <laughs> like the fir- like this is my first year. I placed third in the conference. That was your first year doing track. First year doing track, like first year jump, doing yeah. high jump. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't run, but like because I was already athletically gifted, mm-hmm. I just had to learn the technique, and then wow, yeah, man. But that goes what you say. Some things are just more athleticism based. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Zach, you are a man of many talents. No, I try, man. I try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we have one more question. It. Oh gosh. All right, this question: When is when is Carrie coming back? Guys, for those of you who don't know, Carrie Hall is my co-host for the show. That I've never seen. That Zach has never seen before. Mind you, this is the first time, but yeah, it's only me and him right now. I could use a, I could use a little like female guest. I'm not going to lie to you, you know, a yeah. female companion. Zach, Welcome to our show. Zach is tired of me right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Carrie is a very busy person. She is on the volleyball team here. And she is a multimedia journalist. She does a lot. She does a lot. Uh, yeah, shout out to Carrie. Outside, shout out to Carrie outside the podcast. But, you know, we're grateful to have her. Uh, she does, even when she's not in the studio, she is sending in stats and information to us. She hasn't sent me nothing. She sent me stuff, Zach. Don't mm. worry. Don't worry. But she is definitely contributing to the show, even when she's not here. Mm. When when am I, When am are we going to see her again? You're going to have to DM her and ask her, man, because... She's a very pers- very difficult person to get in contact with because she's so busy. But when she is here, we're grateful to have her. 2020. 2020 will likely be that time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you 2020. Yeah. All right, guys. Those are our questions for the... Questions <laughs> for <laughs> Our questions for the day. Zach, before we leave, do you want to give any shout-outs? Shout-out to everybody back home. Shout-out to the family. Shout out to, you know, the hard workers out there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm improving all of this right now. But, you know, just shout out. Shout out to shout out to the listeners too, man. Yeah. Shout, shout out to out the to listeners. Fans, yeah. Um listeners, if it's that serious, you know, add me on add me on the gram, you know. What's your what's your Instagram so they can follow you? At young Zach Baines. Uh, you know, I got a uh I got a good following, man. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, in, 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 in like 2020, like I'm trying to uh, put out like a project. I, this is my first time telling you, but. Wow, this is news, breaking news. Yeah, 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 breaking news. Uh, so, you know, expect it to, nah, but. No, nah, just shout out to y'all, man. Okay. Give me a follow. We'll, def- it, we'll definitely be sure to be on the lookout for that project coming up. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't take time away from. Basketball. No, no, no. That's just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, kidding. Yeah. But, uh. All right, guys, shout out to the Nerdy in Many Ways YouTube channel, N-I- who? M-W, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hosted by my by my boy Dawson Weedrick. If you are looking for any sort of movie reviews or even the up, the latest predictions for his Heisman uh, voting or for his college football playoffs, that's the way to go. Dawson's a very uh, intricate and articulate uh, individual when it comes to the field of sports and even movies man he he does it all a plethora of avenues so i'll definitely check out the nerdy in many ways youtube channel mm. give it a look out and shout out to my cousin uh brian mckenzie reynolds he's 
playing at a JUCO right now in Pennsylvania. Zach, you know how hard it is to get to the collegiate level. Uh, takes a lot of hard work and dedication, so I'm proud of him. Love you, cuz. Uh, shout out to all our family and friends back mm-hmm. stateside. We love and miss you guys. Uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful break, or a wonderful uh, holiday, <laughs> uh, if we don't see you guys uh, beforehand. And shout out to Nerf Podcast and Nerf Radio for giving us this opportunity. And until next time, guys, peace. Peace.